Hey, this is Five Minutes with Elvin. You're listening to Archibald MacLeish. Let's recap what we've learned. Archibald MacLeish, a poet with versatile talents, had worked as a lawyer, a teacher, editor, etc. He also fought World War One in France as a captain of the field artillery unit. After the war, and sometime before his law firm made him a partner, he gave up on this opportunity and traveled to Europe. He took his family and stayed in Europe for five years. He then went to Mexico for another year, and finally came back to publish his poems and won the Pulitzer Prize in 1933, as the fruition of his creative life. Across many countries and cultures, for Archibald MacLeish, the purpose of poetry is to use old devices for new ends, or find an old voice for a new purpose. In his poems, poetic devices like alliteration, assonance, or repetition abound, and his poetic themes usually help us look at things anew. Today's lecture focuses on one poem, *Arts Poetica*. The title takes us back to Aristotle and Horace, who first tried to define poetry. In Latin, *Ars Poetica* means the art of poetry. According to Aristotle, the origin and nature of poetry is mimesis, or imitation of nature. According to the Roman poet Horace, the purpose of poetry is to teach and delight. After Aristotle and Horace, some literary critics try to redefine the idea of the poet, and some try to redefine poetry. *Ars Poetica* by MacLeish is an effort to redefine poetry. According to MacLeish. A poem should be solid to the touch, like a round fruit or old metals. A poem should be sleeve warm but covered in moss at the same time, a mixture of the used and the ignored, of the everyday and the forgotten. A poem should not aim to deliver any message, but to be enjoyed and amazed at, like a flight of birds in the sky. In lines nine to ten, we see a poem should be motionless in time, as the moon climbs. It is to be noted that this is not only time-related, but also space-related. While the slowness of the moon or the poem escapes our notice, the hard-to-detect motion or motionlessness takes place in space. In addition. A zero auditory effect or an innate silence of the scene is in the air. The moon image continues, while the moon is climbing higher. It is letting go of the tree tinted by the color of the night. A poem should, as the moon lets go of the leaves of the tree, let go the mind one memory after another. The poet moves on, trying to compare a poem to something, but he soon interrupts himself. 
It seems that the poet understands that such a comparison is impossible because poetry is a unique existence all by itself. Hence, a poem should be equal to, not true. To a certain extent, Archibald MacLeish and Henry James are alike in maintaining that literature, prose or verse, bears with it a sense of reality. It is very unlikely for this to mean that nothing is true or real in a poem. The poet continues to tell us how a poem can compress time and space to speak for a history of grief in the images of an empty doorway and a maple and a maple leaf, a hint of a house which no one comes home to. A leaf of the maple tree that is not in sight are both poetic images sufficient to help along the slow or motionless narration of human condition. In a poem, the most loving scene can be two most insignificant grasses leaning together. In a poem, the worst regret can be the dazzling sun and the bright moon, which take turns shining over the sea. But never meet. This is poetry: the scene, the sight, the silence, or a sigh. A poem is a pure existence, not a conveyor of meanings, not a means of verbal eloquence. To conclude, a poem should not mean, but be. This is five minutes with Elvin. I'll see you in class.